The Firework Maker's Daughter, Chapter 1 A thousand miles ago, in a country east of the jungle and south of the mountains, there lived a firework maker called Laland and his daughter Lila. Laland's wife had died when Lila was young. The child was a cross little thing, always crying and refusing her food. But Laland built a cradle for her in the corner of the workshop, where she could see the sparks play and listen to the fizz and crackle of the gunpowder. Once she was out of her cradle, she toddled around the workshop laughing as the fire flared and the sparks danced. Many a time she burned her little fingers, but Leland splashed water on them and kissed her better. And soon she was playing again. When she was old enough to learn, her father began to teach her the art of making fireworks. She began with little crackle dragons six on a string. Then she learned how to make leaping monkeys, golden sneezes and yava lights. Soon she was making all the simple fireworks and thinking about more complicated ones. One day she said, Father, if I put some flowers of salt in a yava light instead of cloud powder, what would happen? Try it and see, he said. So she did. Instead of burning with a steady green glimmer, it sprayed out wicked little sparks, each of which turned a somersault before going out. Not bad, Lila, said Laland. What are you going to call it? Um, tumbling demons, she said. Excellent, make a dozen and we will put them into New Year festival display. The tumbling demons were a great success and so were the shimmering coins that Lila invented next. As time went on, she learned more and more of her father's work, until one day she said, Am I a proper firework maker now? No, no, he said, by no means. Ha, you don't know the start of it. What are the ingredients of flyaway powder? I don't know. And where do you find thunder grains? I've never heard of thunder grains. How much scorpion oil do you put in a Krakatoa fountain? A teaspoonful? What? You would blow the whole city up. You've got a lot to learn yet. Do you really want to be a firework maker, Lila? Of course I do. It's the only thing I want. I was afraid, so he said. It's my own fault. What was I thinking of? I should have sent you to my sister Jambavati to bring you up as a dancer. This is no place for a girl. Now I can't think of it. And and just look at you. Your hair is a mess. Your fingers are burned and stained with chemicals. Your eyebrows are scratched. How am I going to find your husband for you when you look like that? Nina was horrified. A husband? Well, of course. You don't imagine. <clears throat> to stay here forever, do you? They looked at each other as if they were strangers. Each of them had had quite the wrong idea about things, and they were both alarmed to find it out. So Lila said no more about being a firework maker, and Laland said no more about husbands. But they both thought about them all the same. Now the king of the country owned a white elephant. 
It was the custom that whenever the king wanted to punish one of his courtiers, he would send him the white elephant at, as a present. And the expense of looking after the animal would ruin the poor man, because the white elephant had to sleep between silk sheets, enormous ones, and eat mango-flavored Turkish delight, tons of it, and have the, his test covered on in gold leaf every morning. When the courtier had no money left at all, the white elephant would be returned to the king, ready for his next victim. Wherever the white elephant went, his personal servant had to go too. The servant's name was Chulak, and he was the same age as Lila. In fact, they were friends. Every afternoon, Chulak would take the white elephant out of his exercise because the elephant would go with no one else. And there was a reason for this. Chulak was the only person besides Lila who knew that the elephant could talk. One day Lila went to visit Chulak and the white elephant. She arrived at the elephant house in time to hear the elephant master losing his temper. You horrible little boy, he wrote. You've done it again, haven't you? Done what? said Chulak innocently. Look, said the elephant master, pointing with a quivering finger at the white elephant's snowy flanks. Written all over his side in charcoal and paint were dozens of slogans. Eat at the Golden Lantern Bangkok Wanderers for the cup star of India Tandoori House. And right at the very top of the white elephant's back in great big letters. Chunk loves lotus blossom. True. XXX. Every day this elephant comes home with graffiti all over him, shouted the elephant master. Why don't you stop people doing it? I can't understand how it happens, master, said Chulak. Mind you, the traffic's awful. I've got to watch those rickshaw drivers like a hog. I can't look out of graffiti artists as well. They just slap it up and run. But Chang loves Lotus Blossom too. Must have taken a good ten minutes on a slap ladder. Yes. It's a mystery to me, master. Shall I clean it off? All of it. There's a job coming up in a day or two, and I want this animal clean. And the elephant master stormed off, leaving Trollak and Lila with the elephant. Hello, Hamlet, said Lila. Hello, Lila, sighed the elephant. Look what this obnoxious brat has reduced me to. A walking billboard. Stop fussing, said Cholak. Look, we've got 18 rupees already and 10 annas from the Tanduri house. And Trunk gave me a whole rupee for letting him ride that on the top. We are nearly there, Hamlet. The shame, said Hamlet, shaking his great head. You mean you charge people money to ride on him, said Lila. Course, said Cholak. It's that lucky to write your name on a white elephant. When you've got enough, we are going to run away. Trouble is, he's in love with a lady elephant at the zoo. You ought to see him blush when we go past, like a ton of strawberry ice cream. She is called Frankipani, said Hamlet mournfully. But she won't even look at me. And now there's another job coming up, another poor man to bankrupt. Oh, I hate Turkish delight. I detest silk sheets and I love gold leaf on my tusks. 
I wish I was normal, do grey elephant. Now you don't, said Cholak. We've got plans, Hamlet, remember? I'm teaching him to sing, Lila. We'll change his name to Luciano Elefanti and the world be our oyster. But why are you looking so sad, Lila? said Hamlet, as Cholak began to scrub him down. My father won't tell me the final secret of firework making, said Lila. I've learned all there is to know about fly-away powder and tender grains and scorpions oil and spark repellent and glimmer juice and salts of shadow. But there's something else I need to know, and he won't tell me. Tricky, said Cholak. Shall I ask him for you? If he won't tell me, he certainly won't tell you, said Lila. He won't know he's doing it, said Cholak. You leave it to me. So that evening, after he'd settled Hamlet down for the night, Cholak called at the firework maker's workshop. It lay down a little winding alley, full of cracking smells and pungent noises between the fried prawn stall and the batik painters. He found Lalant in the courtyard under the warm stars, mixing up some red glow paste. Hello, Cholak, said Lalant. I hear the white elephant's going to be presented to Lord Paraki tomorrow. How long do you think his money will last? A week, I reckon, said Cholak, though you never know. We might run away before then. I've nearly got enough to get us to India. I thought I might take up firework making when we got there. Nice trade. Nice trade, my foot, said Laland. Firework making is a secret, a sacred art. You need talent and dedication and the favor of the gods before you can become a firework maker. The only thing you are dedicated to in idleness and use camp. How did you become a firework maker then? I was apprenticed to my father and then I had to be tested to see whether I had the three gifts. Oh, the three gifts, eh? said Trulak, who had no idea what the three gifts were. Probably Ida did, he thought. And did you have them? Of course I did. And that's it? Sounds easy. I bet I could pass that test. I've got a lot more than three gifts. Pa, said Lauren. That's not all. Then come the most difficult and dangerous part of the whole apprenticeship. Every firework maker... And he lowered his voice and looked around to make sure no one was listening. Every firework maker has to travel to the grotto of Razvani, the fire fiend in the heart of Mount Merapi, and bring back some of the royal sulfur. That's the ingredient that makes the finest firework. Without that, no one can ever be a true firework maker. Ah, said Cholak, Royal Sulfur, Mount Merapi. That's the volcano, isn't it? Yes, you pestilenian boy. And already, I've told you far more than I should. This is a secret, you understand? Of course, said Cholak, looking all solemn. I can keep a secret. And Lalan had the uneasy feeling that he'd been tricked. Though he couldn't imagine why.